0: a podcast, resource, community, and digital media platform, this is Schmoney Radio. Hello, hello, Shmoney honeys, and welcome back to the show. I am your host, Anastasia Barbuzzi, and this is Schmoney Radio. If you've been listening to the podcast for the past year or so, you've probably heard today's guest on the podcast already. She may be a familiar voice. Ayana of the Millennial Money Guide is back. Last summer, we actually worked on building a little reading list together, and this year we're discussing something much different, and that is debt. Something that almost everyone deals with but feels extremely shameful about. And that's why we thought it was so important to have this conversation. So a little bit more about Ayana. Web designer by trade, millennial finance expert by choice. Ayana started the Millennial Money Guide as a newsletter after her passion for personal finance spurred her to create a list of topics that she felt young people needed to know about. Fast forward to today, and she's a full-on shmoney coach teaching millennial women and couples to get unstuck so they can ditch debt, save more, and win together. Which sounds fabulous to me. (laughs) On today's episode of Shmoney Radio, Ayana and I discuss ditching debt while building streams of income, what drags us into the debt spiral in the first place, lifestyle creep, the emotional aspect of debt, which can be very difficult to deal with and stressful, Borrowing money, which is still a super taboo conversation, and making sacrifices. I know I say it throughout this episode over and over again, but Ayana always gives so much practical advice that's very simple to implement into your everyday life, and I think this is an episode to bookmark for not only right now, but for years to come. So, let's welcome her back, the Millennial Money Guide, and I hope you enjoyed this episode. Thank you for listening. Welcome back to the podcast. It's so nice to have you here. Before we kind of kick things off, would you mind giving everyone a refresher on who
1: you are and what you do? Absolutely. Um thank you so much for having me again. As you said, my name is Ayana Campbell Smith, and I am a debt-free millennial money coach. And so I work with millennial women and couples to help them get unstuck with their money so they can ditch debt, save more and finally start winning with their money. Um, I've been coaching since early 2020. And it's been a lot of fun. And so like I said, I'm super excited to be back here on the podcast.
0: Yeah, it's been really fun to watch you on your journey too, and seeing, you know, your social media grow and seeing you really kind of commit more time to, to do which is your coaching, which you mentioned. You. You're welcome being in debt or having that experience is very common across millennial and Gen Zs. And I think it's an experience that at one point we're probably all going to have, especially with the cost of things in general rising. So I think it's also this thing that everyone has some shame about, right? Uh Even though I think generally the cost of things now, it's silly to almost feel shameful about debt, because again, it's just such a common experience to kind of fall into. So yeah, everyone understands that they don't have to feel shameful about carrying debt. What percentage would you say of millennials or Gen Z's are actually kind of
1: like actively dealing with debt? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, Yeah, I think it's kind of hard to pinpoint, at least in my current understanding, exactly like a number or percentage of people that are dealing with debt. I saw a number of ranges when I did a quick search online. I think I saw one particular source was saying like 30% of millennials at least are dealing with student loan debt, which isn't a small number. And so I think that what you said is exactly right. And that, you know, while we don't have to become complacent with debt and think that it is going to be our way of life forever, it definitely isn't something that we should be ashamed of because we're not You know, you are not the only person dealing with debt. It's a very common issue. And I think that the most important thing to remember is that since you are not the only one, um, there is a path out of debt, but your path may look different from you know, the person next to you or the person behind you or in front of you. So, you know, I think just kind of holding on to that hope of knowing that, yes, my journey might look different from the next person's, but I know that I'm not the only person in the entire world dealing with this. And it's just going to be up to me to, um, you know, sort of educate myself and create a plan of attack for helping me to reach that status of debt freedom if that's what I'm going to be working towards.
0: I do agree with what you said there, too, because, I mean, in my own experience, dealing with debt, it's very personal, like not a one size fits all kind of Mm -hmm. experience of getting out of it. Similar to how everyone's money situation is so personal. And I feel like we've said that a thousand times on this podcast, but there really is no like one size fits all approach to dealing with your personal finances. Right. And I think like with something like debt that applies even more. If we're looking at, again, the millennial and Gen Z crowd, what are Mm -hmm. the main factors contributing to this term we hear a lot called the debt spiral? And maybe can you touch on what do we mean by
1: debt spiral exactly? So I think, you know, starting with the debt spiral, I think that my take on what that term means is basically sort of this ever-evolving cycle of maintaining debt, so sort of just sort of keeping your head above water when it comes to the debt that you currently have, Or the other end of the spectrum, where it's you're actually going into more debt just to meet your basic needs and to basically be in survival mode. Um, And so I think, you know, obviously there are a number of factors that do contribute to this sort of debt spiral, if you will. I would say I've already touched on it um, student loans being a huge factor. I think that especially with the millennial generation and Gen Z generations, you know, the cost of going to college has risen there is a huge lack of education about what exactly you're signing up for when you are getting into student loan debt. Um, You know, there's a huge lack of education around what credit card debt even means. And, you know, you turn 18 or however you have to be, however old you have to be to get a credit card. And they're really quick to give you that card and to give you that application. But there's zero, almost zero education about how to responsibly use that card and how to make sure that it's actually going to be an asset to you versus a liability. So, there's that. I would say definitely in more recent times, you know, the pandemic is still a thing. It's a global thing. And so a lot of people, you know, losing jobs, um, having to you resort to debt to pay for basic necessities, um, not having savings and having to rely on credit cards to cover things like that. So as you can see, there are a lot of factors that sort of go into this whole idea of why people either get into debt or stay in debt once they're in it. And so, I would say that it's just kind of been in recent years, like a perfect storm of, you know, factors coming together that have contributed to the current state that we see when it comes to debt and, um, you know, these younger generations.
0: Those are obviously, like you said, all factors contributing to the debt spiral. But I'm curious to know more about if there's any other factors that are making it harder to ditch debt. I mean, personally, from what I've seen. I feel like lifestyle creep is like a huge Mm -hmm. thing that gets brought up more often, especially with what we see on social media. I feel like it tends to make us want to like buy more, shop more, whatever. What are some other factors that you think are like making it harder for people to really just ditch debt?
1: I totally agree with what you said. And that's exactly sort of what I was going to touch on is that there's this interesting balance of you know, knowing that we have debt or knowing that you have debt and not wanting to let it completely rule your life, but then also, you know, wanting to experience life, to travel and to have fun with friends and to be in relationships and maybe think about starting a family and buying a home and all these other things that are really exciting and meaningful parts of life and growing up and being an adult. Um, And so, you know, sometimes it can be very difficult to sort of find that balance between How do I manage my debt and not let it be like this sort of thing that's this huge weight on my shoulders, but then also be able to enjoy my life? Because the last thing that we want is to pay debt for 50 years and then get to be debt free and then be too tired to actually enjoy our lives at that, that point. So, yeah, it really is about, you know, being mindful of how your lifestyle impacts your ability to pay down debt, but also not letting it be like the deciding factor in whether or not you actually can achieve Debt freedom, if that's what you're working on.
0: That's a really good point. I would love to get a little more granular, though, about trying to ditch debt, but life just keeps happening. Like we kind of yeah. just mentioned, obviously, we have to live, we've got to have a roof over our heads. We might have to buy expensive items for school or work, like maybe a laptop. Those can be all kind of unexpected expenses in a way. And that goes along with all the other things that we might not be able to afford in the moment if we are in debt. So if someone is in debt, but they have to, let's say, make a larger purchase, what are the best ways to go about that without totally swinging to like rock bottom and not being able to afford anything? Because I feel like that might be a really delicate balance for some people.
1: Yeah, yeah. Of course, there are a number of factors that will come into play as far as like what you can do and how much you can do as far as finding a balance between, like we said before, managing your debt, but then also still living your life. I think that the number one thing you can do to get started is to really get clear on your priorities, not just your long term priorities, but also just in the short term. Um, for example, you know, a lot of the clients I work with, they tend to come with me, come to me because they're currently feeling overwhelmed with how they're managing their money. They're trying to save an emergency fund. They're trying to stay on top of all their debt. They're trying to still enjoy life and have fun and travel and do all these things. And so because they're putting their money to use in all these different ways, they feel like they're not making any progress or their progress is is really sort of limited. And so I think that when you get clear on your priorities, you can really be sort of focused on one or a couple of things at one time. And put all your efforts and money towards that and then move on to the next thing, as opposed to trying to do 100 different things at one time. And so I think that when you're clear on your priorities, not only what's important to you, but also just priorities as it relates to building a healthy sort of um, financial foundation for yourself can be really helpful. Um, For example... You know i've seen a lot of people who will be you know a little aggressive about paying down their debt they're putting extra money towards their debt because they just want to get it paid down they don't want that credit card debt they don't want the student loans anymore but they're doing all of this while they don't have any emergency savings or they don't have any sort of a safety net and so what's going to be the first thing that happens if your car breaks down or you have a home repair or whatever you're going into more debt to then cover the cost of that and so all the progress that you've made of paying down this extra debt Is kind of being erased. And so I think that, you know, having clear priorities and having a plan of attack that sort of aligns with those priorities can really be helpful because it'll actually help you begin to see progress in your financial journey as opposed to always taking two steps forward and one step back. So I think that's a good starting point. And then when it comes to actually, you know, um, being able to afford things, whether it's expensive purchases, like you said, or You know, gifts or whatever. I think that building good habits when it comes to how you're managing your money can also help with that. So, really knowing what you're spending currently to see where money is escaping to and leaking away, because a lot of times we'll find too that if you were to analyze your spending, it's not always that we're living paycheck to paycheck or that we don't have enough money. We just aren't telling our money where to go, and we don't know what it's doing, and so it's kind of escaping to all these places. So, having a written budget. Um, getting into the habit of saving money on a consistent basis so that you are, um, you know, like I said, building good habits. All these things really come together to help you build that healthy foundation um, so you can actually make progress when it comes to how you're managing your money.
0: On this topic, I just thought of this because especially when it comes to making a bigger purchase, let's say, or something happens, like you said, your car breaks down and you don't have an emergency fund to access so you end up going into more debt What are your thoughts on borrowing money in instances like those? Because, you know, we might actually need something really bad to be able to do our jobs or perform in school or get to work, you know, like we might need our car and maybe we don't have access to a credit card or we don't want to go into more credit card debt. I feel like borrowing money is maybe an option here that people might consider, what are your thoughts on that?
1: Typically, I'm never going to like say yes. You should borrow money. That should be what you do. But I know that there are circumstances where that might be your best option. I would say to start definitely explore all the options that you have available available to you, so that you don't have to go that path. Um, you know, such as you know, seeing if there's ways that you can earn extra income. Can you work more shifts at your job? Can you? You know, it's a longer term thing, but can you? you know, get a pay increase, can you start a business, can you do things that'll earn you quick money? Um, That can be really helpful because then you're not digging yourself in a deeper hole. Um, If you find that borrowing money is your last and final resort, like there's nothing else you can do, I think it's just really important to, number one, understand all the terms of sort of what you're getting yourself into when you're borrowing. So how much interest are you going to be paying? When are those payments going to be due? How much are those going to cost me? Is that something I'm going to be able to actually afford when the time comes that those things are due? Because again, like I said, when I was talking about the credit cards, it's, I don't want to say it's easy, but I feel like it's a lot easier to borrow money than it used to be. Um, There are a lot of companies that are willing to give out money very freely because they know on the back end of that, they're going to get a return in the form of you paying interest, especially if um, you miss payments or whatever it might be. So Again, I would say that it's definitely something that I would say is a last resort, but just be smart about it if you find that you have to do it and have a plan for how you're going to make sure that it's something that you're not going to be carrying for a long time, that you're going to be able to pay off that balance of whatever money you're you're borrowing um, in, in a relatively short manner.
0: Those are all great tips as well. Going off of that, being in debt can obviously be very taxing and very tough mm-hmm. mentally, can you give us three methods for staying motivated and maybe like seeing the light at the end of the tunnel when you are in debt?
1: So I would say the first method or just first sort of thing to consider would be really considering your mindset as it relates to all of this. I'm not an expert on mindset. I'm not going to pretend to be, but I do think that the way that we think about our money and how we handle it plays a major role in either our success or failure when it comes to managing it well. So I think that kind of what we talked about before too, where letting go of the shame, forgetting yourself, forgiving yourself, and really understanding that the moment that you took on the debt, you did it with the amount of knowledge that you had at the current moment to make the best decision for you. And so maybe now a year later, five years later, you're thinking that wasn't the best choice. I know so much better now, but Back then, that might not have been the case. And so really working on sort of the mindset of, of thinking more positively about your situation can really be helpful. I think the second tip I would say is recognizing, I don't know if it's really a tip, but just a, sort of a piece of advice is just recognizing that paying down debt, working towards becoming debt-free is a temporary sacrifice that's going to have a much greater return if you stay the course. So just think about it this way. Would I rather temporarily sacrifice for a year, two years, five years, whatever it might be for a greater benefit on the other side, or would I rather, you know, have this sort of YOLO attitude now, just do whatever, and then still be dealing with this problem 10 years from now, 50 years from now, whatever it might be. Um, So I think when you think about it that way and really think about the freedom that this temporary sacrifice is going to provide you, it can be a great motivator also. And I think a third method that I'm really huge on and that I teach to all my clients is just really um, getting good at, number one, tracking your progress when it comes to whatever you're doing with your money, whether it's saving or paying down debt, tracking that progress, and then also celebrating the wins, whether they're big or small in your eyes. Because I think that when we can begin to recognize that the work that we're doing is paying off and the sacrifice that we're making is paying off. That can be motivation to stay the course and continue down the path that's actually going to bring us to freedom as opposed to sort of keeping us trapped and sort of um, held down by the weight of our debt.
0: I always love your advice and your insight, but I think the tip that stuck out most to me was the first one, accepting and surrendering to the fact that whatever decision you might have made to get yourself into debt in the beginning was Something that you did with only the knowledge you had at that time, right? We talk about mindset a lot on this podcast. And honestly, it's maybe one of my favorite aspects of personal finance to talk about because it really is all about how you think of things, right? You mentioned like temporary sacrifices there. I think that's another mindset thing that something super hard to get over at first, but when it comes to saving or paying down debt, It really is like, okay, we can do this now and start saving or start paying down debt now. And it'll suck to see money going somewhere else at first, but the accomplished feeling you have once that's done and that like achievement in itself is so worth that little like temporary sacrifice. Right. Again, I love what you said there about really just being easier on yourself and accepting the fact that maybe we do make decisions sometimes, just not knowing enough and not being educated mm-hmm. enough. And that's okay because we're not all personal finance pros. Now, I think this next topic is really interesting to me and something I've been learning more about recently because I think it can kind of seem like this like impossible feat to branch off and start earning income from several different streams, especially if you're in debt can you explain what the several different income streams are and how branching off into different income streams can help you ditch debt?
1: Absolutely. So I think, you know, there, there are a lot of different income streams that you can categorize. I can speak to a few of them. So number one is obviously going to be if you have a full-time job, what we'll call your nine to five, that is typically what people think of the most or first when they're thinking about streams of income. So your nine to five. You could also have side hustle income. So whether it's something that you're doing, um, like driving for Lyft or delivering for DoorDash, like side of, side hustle income also um, is an income stream. Kind of branching off of that too, when we think about starting official businesses. So, you know, for someone like me, where I had a nine to five, and then I also have a coaching business, that's another stream of income that I've built. Um, I think, The other distinction to make too, also when we're thinking about side income and side hustles is that they typically are gonna be categorized into sort of like two different camps. So there's the idea of active income or active um, side income. So basically thinking of that as like you being actively involved in an activity that is generating income for you. So for example, that would be the thing where it's like driving Lyft or delivering for DoorDash or walking dogs or babysitting you have to be actively involved in the activity for you to make money. And so if you're not working, you're not earning. But then we also have passive side income too, where maybe you're a creative person and you're selling some form of digital product or you develop a course that can help people in some area and you can sell that passively. So there's definitely two different camps when it comes to side income. Um, Some of the other streams you'll, you'll hear about, which maybe aren't directly tied to being able to pay down debt, but a lot of times you'll see is like, interest that you earn from like a high yield savings account or investments accounts, Like those are extra money that you're earning passively. So, you know, there are a number of ways that you can earn income. You know, you hear about real estate investing. That's a whole other thing. Um, so there are a number of streams, but I think that the most important thing to remember when you are sort of considering building streams for yourself is what is the time and effort that's going to be involved with in me doing this? Is it going to be worth the effort or is there another stream I could sort of pursue that it's going to be more beneficial for my current lifestyle, my, you know, energy levels, my time, what I have available to you. Um, and I would say the other thing too, is I've been seeing it a lot, especially this year, you know, on social media, the type of accounts that I follow being in the personal finance spaces, there's really been this movement of people um, trying to educate others about the importance of not neglecting your nine to five as a huge money maker for you. So, you know, if that means seeking employment elsewhere in the same field or leveling up with new skills so that you can get a job elsewhere, that's going to pay you more, you know, there's going to be opportunities out there. We don't know what the economy is doing now. You, you know, that may not look the same uh, months from now, but definitely don't neglect your nine to five as a potential income earner for you. And I think that's especially easy to do when we're looking at Instagram and we're seeing so many people with these online businesses popping up. We think that that's the only way to make a bunch of money. But a lot of people can make a lot of money from just having their day jobs um, and not having to do a bunch of extra stuff on the side. So yeah, I think those are all really important things to consider.
0: Going off what you said about the effort that it takes to maybe create another income stream for yourself. This is something that also just popped into my head. Obviously, there's the effort part of it. If you're making extra money, you're most likely doing something that's a little more labor intensive, which is also not something that everyone wants to do, right? Starting a side hustle, for example, can be a lot of hard work and taxing on top of something like a nine to five. But, you know, if the goal is to make more money, (laughs) you'll most likely have to sacrifice a little bit when it comes to like the other implications What would you say to someone who might be worried about, okay, I'm going to start investing or I'm going to start a side hustle. But when it comes to, let's say, tax time or tax season, is developing multiple income streams for myself going to make things more complicated? Like, am I going to owe more, for example? Also to add to that, like how can someone like a personal finance
1: professional like you help someone sort things out? So I think... For me personally, it's difficult to say exactly what the implications would be, just because Mm -hmm. I think that the the I don't want to say law, but like the legality of it, I guess, if you will, of Mm -hmm. all of this is different depending on where you live. Mm -hmm. I do think that I don't want to simplify this too much, so take this with a grain of salt. But I do think that depending on your business, it doesn't have to be complicated, because if if you're not, you know, hiring, you know, you know, a staff, or if you're not having to deal with like office space or a business, you don't have a ton of expenses, then it may not have a huge implication on your taxes. I would definitely say that if you are in contact with some sort of tax professional, definitely reach out to them before you get too deep into it so that you actually understand like, you know, what am I getting myself into and are there things I can do and habits I can um, set up and, you know, systems I can create from the beginning so that I'm not sort of making things more complicated on myself than they really need to be when tax time comes. And I do think that one of the best things you can do as you're getting started as a business owner, if that's what you're doing, is just keeping really good records. So keeping track of your receipts, um, maybe getting a program like QuickBooks so that you can actually keep track of your expenses and what comes in and what goes out. Um, So yeah, I don't think it has to be super duper complicated, especially as you're getting started. But I do think that when you're building a side hustle, you will learn along the way. But I think that kind of going back to like mindset, Sometimes we can be held back by our mindset of thinking it's going to be complicated, or I'm afraid to deal with taxes, and so I'm not going to pursue that route. I would always say just get started. You'll figure it out. Like, chances of you going to jail because of tax seasons are <laughs> probably pretty low, especially for a smaller business. But let that be like the deciding factor in whether or not you decide to move forward.
0: And then you might also be shocked being for yourself and being self employed at maybe the amount you owe, right? Because mm-hmm. you're not having. Yeah. Any- deducted
1: by an employer during the year xyz so one thing that i you know when i do work with entrepreneurs who are curious about that again it's going to depend on your state and how much is going to typically be withheld but i do also encourage my entrepreneur clients to like get into the habit of on a monthly basis looking at what they earned and then setting aside a percentage of that profit in a separate account that's labeled you know like tax savings so that maybe Maybe it's not going to end up covering the full amount that you owe by the end of the year, but it's at least going to soften that blow where you're not you're not going to be like, oh my gosh, I have to pay all this money out of pocket. You're already going to have some money that's set aside, so that is one tip I can give um, that I that I've seen work really well with my clients.
0: That's a great idea. I can attest to that. Actually, <laughs> when it comes to again, let's say someone has a bunch of debt, mm-hmm. what are the most viable income streams, would you say, for those with a sizable amount? I think,
1: you know, I'm going to have to reiterate the word to sacrifice. So when we're thinking about viable streams, typically that's going to mean something that is going to have a guaranteed sort of payout or outcome Mm -hmm. versus something that's a little bit more up in the air that you don't know for sure is going to work like starting a business or starting a side hustle. And so the first things that come to mind are kind of what I said before is, Number one, are there ways that I can earn more income in the job that I currently have, whether it's advocating for yourself for a raise, switching companies within the same sort of field or industry so that you can make more money? Those are options. But then also outside of that nine to five, when you begin to think about your time and energy and weighing the pros and cons and the cost of doing things like this, what are other ways that I can actually like join, I think what they call it, the gig economy, like Uh, DoorDash, Lyft, Uber, I think Rover, I think is a dog walking service. Can I babysit? Can I um, do like virtual assisting for someone? Like you want to do jobs that are going to be like guaranteed. Like I know I'm going to make some income before you begin to branch out into the things that are a little bit unknown because right now your biggest priority is having that extra money to pay down debt. Um, And so I think that those are the ones that have a guarantee. But again, you have to think about the fact that that is going to mean a time commitment, less freedom potentially. But then if you're weighing the pros and cons, if you're thinking about the sacrifice, you just really have to ask myself, is the temporary sort of discomfort of maybe having a little bit less free time, you know, maybe having to spend a little bit of money on gas or whatever to to deliver these things, is that going to outweigh or be worth it in the end? for the freedom I know is going to come when I have this extra money to pay down towards my debt. So um, again, it's give and take, it's pros and cons, it's finding the balance. But there are a number of options out there for you. It's really just going to be about you figuring out what's going to be the best for you in your current stage of life.
0: Oh, such great advice. I always enjoy having you on the show because you give so much practical advice, everything you said on today's episode has been super easy to implement and understand too. Very translatable. So thank you for all that you bring to the podcast. As always, I'm excited to have you on again.
1: Yay. Thank you so much for having me.
0: If you took something meaningful away from this episode, please consider smashing that subscribe button on whichever podcast platform you listen through, and maybe even check out the ratings and review section too. If anything, send word down grapevine i really do appreciate it and as always please see the show notes for more details on today's episode thank you so much for listening i'll see you next week this is shmoney radio Is this hang on?